Hello, I am Lady Ash. Welcome to Life on Canvas, the podcast. This is where living your best life becomes the focal point. We will look at life from a positive perspective and explore tools and techniques that can help you to paint and create a fabulous picture of success for your life's portrait. Hit the subscribe button. Listen up. Let us find some creative solutions together. In this episode, our sketch is The Shadows of Not Belonging. No ill will. So the dark underpaintings in this painting are the things that we experience or the experiences that we give ourselves that make us feel that we do not belong or make us feel that we are in the wrong place. And the wonderful thing about life and about painting pictures is that you have the power to paint over. You have the power to start again. So after writing my book in 2017, book called Life on Canvas, I was a totally transformed human being. What do I mean by this? Every single time I wrote a chapter, a section of the book, I cried. It was a very cathartic journey of healing for me because I had a lot of wounds and there were things that didn't add up. And then when things started adding up, I, I had a lot of aha moments. I go, ooh, oh, that made sense. I'm so glad that happened because you saw where your life got connected along the way and how things happen so that other things can happen in your life for good and sometimes for bad. So writing my book gave me a panoramic point of view of my life. And of course, it was my life up to that point of writing the book. So I was able to connect the dots in my portrait and discovered why I had this feeling of not belonging. When I was growing up, I was not treated the same by my parents as they did the other siblings. And it was after writing the book that I really had to ask my mother about this. And I said, mom, why is it I don't feel loved? I don't feel special in this family. I don't get treated the way I think a parent should treat a child. What happened? Did you guys want it to have me? And she told me the story that my father instructed her to abort me because he didn't want to have another child. So I was like, why didn't you tell me this before? It's like, she probably just couldn't tell me, I guess. But I figured it out. Just going through the stories, just going through the memories, I realized that I just never fit in. My mom decided to have me. I don't know what the real story is there, but I'm so, so grateful. And every day I live, I am living in gratitude for her just taking that brave step to have me because I know I belong here. I know I was meant to be on this earth for a purpose and I'm so grateful. But, you know, this feeling has been with me for a very long time and I finally got the answers and was able to figure out why I was never hugged and loved and treated well because I just show up in this family and I wasn't needed, you know. I, there, there was no parties, there was no you know, baby showers, nothing. I was just born, you know, and then with so many imperfections, I guess I wasn't fitting the mold for what was expected or what was, you know, what should have been. I don't know. 
but I just always had this feeling, this shadow of not belonging. And somehow it followed me for a very long time. And I had to find a space to treat with it. Now, some of the things I reflected on and it really bothered me was was when I was, was in primary school. I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. I I was different and I did not learn the way I was expected to learn. I played a lot. I sang a lot. I, you know, just idled according to my parents. But that was just my way of simulating and learning and navigating my environment. And I remember I was in primary school for six years and I never had the opportunity of going to extra classes. No, extra classes are for kids who are slow and, you know, would get some extra time to catch up on what was missing during the day. And I had another sibling who my mother sent to extra classes. And the sad thing is I had to wait on that sibling every single day after school until extra classes is finished. And I said to mommy, why didn't you ever thought of sending me to extra classes? I needed um, additional push and an additional help. And my other sibling was very smart. She was very bright already. I mean, super bright already. But, you know, um, I never got that. And that bothered me for a very long time because I believe that maybe that would have made a difference in my life. Who knows? But I never went to extra lessons. I just didn't feel that I was good enough and that I was being invested in as a child, that I had any potential. And so I grew up in many other spheres and circumstances feeling very um, rejected, not smart enough, and just not good enough for a very long time. And when you feel that way, you, you really don't assert yourself and put yourself in a position to win because the complaint was that I played too much and that's okay. Now that I look back, I was learning, reinforcing my learning. When I was playing school, I had a marvelous time every day after school, beating on the trees and the stones and rehearsing and reenacting what I learned in school and mimicking the teacher and stuff. But every day I went through those sums and those lessons from my books I was reinforcing my learning and I was still learning just in a different way. When you're told that you're going to turn out, you're not going to turn out good or you're not going to mount to anything in life. That is like a negative spell that is cast on you. But I am here to tell you that these are just the dark underpaintings. I am here to tell you that you can rise above what anybody says to you, what how you feel, whether you are born in a family that don't belong. Because I know this is connecting with somebody. There are young people out there who just condemn themselves because they were condemned by their parents or their teachers or their peers. And they feel that they're unworthy. They're not good enough. They don't belong. They don't fit. There is a place for every one of us. Oh, by the way, I did pass my common entrance, which was the exam at the time from the primary level. I never went to extra lessons. All I did was played and I did pass my common entrance for a prominent high school at the time. Now, my sister told me this story. She said um, she didn't even know that I would have the, the vague, the slightest 
opportunity to pass common entrance. As a matter of fact, when common entrance comes out as a child, it, it, it was published in the newspaper at that time and parents would run five o'clock in the morning to get the paper, to search through, to see what school their child passed for. My parents were up at the brink of dawn to see where my sister was going to be placed because she was smart, she was well-deserved, and everybody was expecting her to go to high school. And, you know, so much was invested. But at the same time, two years later, when it was my turn, I just got up, <laughs> got ready, and just went to school like any other day. And when I got to school, I found out that my friends and I all passed. Um, my playmates, we all passed our common entrance. And so my sister was telling me the story that she was coming home from school. She was now in high school. And she saw someone with the paper in her bus when she was coming home. And she said to the, the person, can I see that paper? I have one sister that took examiner. And she went through and... I picked for the same high school that she was going to at the time. And then um, she said that she went down the list and she saw my name and she was in total shock because there was absolutely no expectation for me. And when I went home and I told my parents I passed my common entrance, I said, okay, really, you know, and there was no celebration. There was nothing because, of course, moving forward was back to me being second class, wearing the second-hand uniforms, getting the second-hand books, just being the trend just continued from primary school, basically. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I was a well-disciplined child and I'm deserving of, but guess what? I am still a child and the responsibility is still with my parents to love, adore, to cherish, and to care for me and give me the best, the very best opportunity that was there. But I did not get that. But I didn't let it stop me. Yes, I am telling you the stories with tears in my eyes, but I did not let it stop me. And I'm here to say to you, if you are going through this, let it not stop you. Let it be the fire. Let it be the fire under your tail. Let it be the fire that pushes you forward. Because I kept going and going and going. And I went on to get scholarships to get my degree up to the master's level. So you don't let this feeling, this shadow that is cast over you by anybody telling you that you don't belong or you're not good enough, stifle you. You have to find the power, the strength to paint over this dark underpainting and focus on your focal point, what you want to believe for yourself, what you want to know for yourself, what you want to happen in your life. You have that power because your focus should be only on the primary reason why you're here and the primary purpose that you're here and who brought you here. You belong because God himself created you. God himself, if you don't remember, you know, when I was in primary school, they used to let us study the Bible and we had to learn Genesis 1 
And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was with You remember that? I know a lot of you remember that. But I did not get down to verse 27 of Genesis 1, where God created man. Let me read it for you. It says, and this is the King James Version. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Down to my favorite part, chapter 28, and it says, God blessed them. Let me say, God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God blessed you. There are a lot of fine musicians in Jamaica. And one of them that I love absolutely is Mr. Vegas because he caught the vision and he knew that he's blessed. And if you follow his life, you will see that he is transforming his life and embracing the vision of that song that he powerfully sang about being blessed. He says, I am blessed every day of my life. I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, listen, Mr. Vegas, you had it. We're blessed. You need to change your perspective and your focus from the dark underpaintings of your life. You are the artist in your life. You are the painter. And then you're going to go and add color to your life. You're going to add highlights to your life. When you get the feeling that you don't belong, what are you going to tell yourself? I am blessed. God created me in his image and after his likeness. That means everything that I want, see, touch, will turn to gold because I am a child of God. So you need to ask yourself the questions and sometimes you just need to ask the people around you the question because I asked, I asked because I felt this for a very long time and I asked and my mother finally told me it made sense to me that if it is that you don't want a child, then you're not going to spend any time with that child. You're not going to nurture and care for. You're not going to give that child any love. You're not going to cater for. Because listen, this is just another child that pop up into this family that we can't feed. You know, I have another memory when I was a child. I got ill. The morning I was going to school and I had to drink tea. And that is tradition. In Jamaica, you have to drink tea before you go to school. Before you leave the house, you have to drink a cup of tea. And the morning, I did not want to drink the tea. Furthermore, it was Cersei tea. And now, if you know about Cersei tea, you know it's a bit bitter. And my mother have a way for make Cersei that it bitter. When you taste it, the taste lingers in your mouth like forever. It just bitter. And I did not drink the Cersei tea the morning. And I was not feeling very well. And I said to mommy, mommy, I'm not feeling well. I feel warm. I was running a temperature at the time. And my mother took me to the clinic. And when they got there, they um, examined me and so on and so forth. And then they, they sent me to the children's hospital, which is the, our local hospital for the kids. And when I got there, I was roasting with fever. I remember being in a tub of ice water, ice, not just ice water, but ice. I remember the ice because they wanted to bring my temperature down. Long and short of it, I was admitted to the hospital that day. Now, I don't know what happened. I can't tell, but I know that 
I, my mother was not prepared for this and, and I'm not blaming her because I know we didn't have much. So, you know, the whole heap of things that you'd get, I know that would not be the case because she wasn't prepared for this. I know she had to go home now to put things together to make sure that I'm taken care of in the hospital and that I have basic things. Now, my mother always has a barrel, you know, put down and she said, these are the things that you're going to wear if you're sick. So I know that she had nightgowns and underwear and stuff put down in the, in the barrel for, for a rainy day when you're sick and so. So she left me in the hospital and she went home to take care of the necess necessities that she had to take care of. Um, she, I don't think she came back and I, I, I don't remember her coming back that day, but I remember in the night, that first night, the doctors came to me. Now I'm a very inquisitive child. I asked a lot of questions and the doctors came. I was still running a fever and they medicated me and so on. And I asked, um, you know, what was wrong with me? I know just asking a lot of questions and the doctor said to me, you have to do surgery. And I said, what do you mean, miss? And she, she told me, right? And I said, where's my mother? And she said, well, your mother not, the um, hospital is closed. Your mother not going to come until in the morning. And I remember them coming for me in the night. And they took me to surgery. And I was laying down on the bed, asking a lot of questions. There were bright lights and, and, you know, so on. And then the last thing I remember was something going over my nose. And they had to remove my appendix. I had appendicitis. Apparently it was badly ruptured or in a bad state. And they had to remove it. And when my mother got to the hospital in the morning and she found out that there was surgery, she was just so in shock because she didn't prepare for any of this. And that's okay. It's okay because it was an emergency, it was urgent and so on. But I stayed in the hospital for what seemed like eternity. And my father never showed up. My mother came and she visited me. But my father never showed up. Never showed up. It was hard. It was hard. And every time I see that scar in my body, I remember that. Look, Sean, you are an overcomer. You are a fighter. You have the power to add color to your life. You are going to live this life as a blessed child of God. And yes, the blessings may not have come through my family directly, but God has placed in my life so many people, so many people who have come along, who have blessed me. Oh, yes who have pushed me into my destiny and who have made me who I am today. So you need to focus on what you see yourself to be. It is your responsibility to paint that picture, to create that vision board, to make sure you are clear of how you want to be in this life and how you want to show up. You need to start by forgiving and blessing the people around you, the people who are not treating you the way you think you need to be treated. Bless them, pray for them, and you start putting your fabulous self first and foremost. 
Now, a lot of us say we love ourselves, but we're in abusive relationships. A lot of us says we love ourselves and we don't even take care to put good food in our bodies. We say we love ourselves and we put in a lot of rubbish material into our heads and watch a lot of things that are not nourishing us. We need to really, truly start loving ourselves and give ourselves the nourishment that we need to get to that place that we want to be. Because the vision of Sean Ashman was clear in her head from she was a child. Because already I knew that, listen, if I started life off so rough, it must get better. I could not perceive it being any worse. I started at the very, very bottom. So you have to bless yourself. You have to start setting standards in your life. You need to start taking yourself apart. You need to start believing that you're good enough. You need to start loving you unconditionally. You need to start learning who you are. See your faults. Find mentors. Read books. Look, at, look up at persons who are ahead of you and try to be and emulate them and try to be like them. Create a desire in your heart to grow, to become smarter, to change. Open up your arms and let people help you. Embrace who you want to become and ask for what you want. And if you don't know something, ask for clarity. Ask for clarity. My mom and I connect every day through stories. We, I call her, we talk about, so I say, mom, tell me about this, tell me about that. Because I don't know. I have memories of stuff, but sometimes it's good to hear another perspective so you can have a full understanding because you never know what's going on. You never will understand the circumstances behind a decision and you only feel the end result. You only feel the final effect, but there are circumstances and things that influence things that have happened in your life. And guess what? That is how it's supposed to happen. God has given you the strength. He has blessed you to come through and to overcome. So you have to show up with love every day for yourself and for the people in your life, your spiritual teachers who are not giving you what you want, but instead are giving you the tools that you need to become a better person by showing up the way they do. So you got to show up with love for yourself. Talk things through. Share from your point of view. Share from your art embrace being different. I had a struggle with being different in my family. I am different and I'm okay. I, I found a way. I found methods of learning. I found methods of retaining information and the don's unwanted picnic. Found a way through the University of the West Indies, part-time doing a master's degree in two different streams and graduated just the same like everybody else. It still shocks some members in my family that I actually have gone that far. And there is further to go. But my mission is to take these stories, to let somebody who out there needs to hear it, who can relate to it, to transform and to become a better version of themselves, to embrace who they are and find the tool, use the tools that they have around them to transform their lives. So get affirmations going. I used to affirm myself every day. I am loved. I am blessed. Find Mr. Vega's song and play it every day and believe it and know it in your heart that you are blessed, child of God. And if you are told that anything, you're unworthy, whatever, you need to make sure you tell yourself every day when you wake up, 
you may not hear it. Depending on the circumstances and where you are, you may never hear, Sean, you are beautiful today. So you have to tell it to yourself because it might be the only time you hear it for the whole day. But don't leave it. Affirm yourself every day before you get up, before you leave the house. I am blessed. I am smart. I am successful. I am prosperous. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of the universe. Desiderata said, you are a child of the universe. No less. No less than the trees and the stars. You have a right. Let me say, you have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, God is with you. There's no doubt the universe is unfolding. That the way that it should. God is with you and you are going to turn out magnificent. But you have to put yourself in the winner's chair. You have to paint that picture that you want everybody else to see. You are the artist. You have the power to change perspective. You have the power to change your life. But people are not going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So it starts with you, my friend. Those shadows of not belonging can be erased and painted over with beautiful fabulous ideas of who you are going to be and you work towards doing that with the creative solutions that you have start with the music start with the affirmation start affirming yourself creative solutions are always available to you to help you to deal with life creativity is the best skill and technique that you can use to change your life If you look around, you get this from experts. They tell you every day how to change and how to paint your masterpiece. I am Lady Ash, and you have been listening to Life on Canvas. You can follow me on YouTube or on Lady Ash TV or visit my website, seanashman.com. Please subscribe to my podcast and share it with others. I share my story so that others can be empowered. I thank you so much for listening, and I do look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful day.